Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for February 11th, 2022. Inflation continues to increase with little signs of any slowdown. Nationwide's Deputy Chief Economist Brian Jordan and Senior Economist Ben Ayers share their insights on inflation, what's driving the increase, and their outlook on the months ahead, including their expectations for Fed policy. And now, here's Brian Jordan. The Consumer Price Index rose by 0.6% in January. The core CPI was also up by 0.6%. Both of those numbers are above consensus expectations. The headline inflation rate now goes to 7.5%. The year-over-year increase in the core is 6%. Both of those are the highest increases since the early 1980s. Inflation doesn't seem to be slowing down here in early 2022. So, Ben, are this morning's numbers a sign that the inflation situation is not only not getting better, but in fact worsening? Well, to this stage, yes, I would say it's showing us at least that we're not seeing any improvement yet. I think it's likely that we might not see a peak in those annual numbers until we get the February numbers about a month from now. So I think we're still kind of reaching up to that peak. And a lot of that, of course, is driven by all of the price increases that we've had over the past year, not just what we've seen over the past couple months. And so I think we are kind of reaching that peak point. The good news is, is that there are some early signs that the crest has uh, crashed a little bit and that we're seeing uh, some signs of cutting in input prices. And that's certainly going to help to ease some of these pricing measures that we see over the next couple months. But it just might take a little while to get there. We've seen some easing. Um, particularly for inputs for manufacturing, as far as the availability of those and the prices, according to the ISM manufacturing index, have, have come down a little bit. They're still definitely elevated, but they've come down from those peaks. But it takes a little while to end up flowing through into the consumer numbers. So I think we're likely to see, at least for a couple more months, some potentially above average. And maybe when we start getting to the middle of the year, hopefully we'll see some easing. But you know, a lot can happen over that time frame. So, Brian, you know, what is your forecast when you look ahead? You know, a lot of impacts from the supply chain still in the January numbers. Any improvement there? And how does that layer into our outlook when we look at inflation over the next three to six months? Yeah, you know, I think, Ben, you hit the nail on the uh, on the head in that we have had some early signs of supply chain improvements. They've been too little to this point to uh, to stem the tide for headline inflation, but they're coming. And what may have happened, at least to some degree, in influencing this report is that we had a big surge in new COVID cases in January. Omicron fueled uh, another big pickup in the new case count. And so COVID has been a big driver behind so many of these supply chain disruptions. We probably had another bit of a hiccup here in January due to the pandemic again. But despite that, we have seen some signs in, in recent months that supply chains are healing slowly but surely they are healing. And so we've talked a lot about in some of our commentaries about the surge in business inventories. Um, inventories were up at the end of the year, 1.3% in November, 1.3% again in December. Those are huge increases on a month-over-month basis. Just before the CPI report this week, the day before, we had a report on wholesale, wholesale inventories for December up by 2.2%, an enormous increase on a month-to-month basis. So there is a a great restocking going on. Uh, The supply shock is slowly dissipating as as COVID 
itself has has dissipated. And we've seen the companies themselves tell us that um, they're seeing some signs that supply constraints are easing. Just a few weeks ago, GM said that it saw the semiconductor crunch easing. That's been a big driver behind auto inflation over the last year or so. And GM said it expects to increase shipments to dealerships this year by 25 to 30 percent, in large part because the supply crunch is easing. So help is on the way, but it's coming It's coming a bit too slowly at this point, at least to yet derail this big increase in inflation. So based on these numbers, Ben, and the fact that we haven't seen a reversal yet, what should we expect from the Fed when the FOMC meets in March? And what should we expect now from Fed policy for the rest of 2022? You know, clearly looks like the Fed is going to raise rates and likely to raise rates several times. And I, I think that definitely they will kick that off in March. And there seems to be clear consensus from the commentary we're getting from Fed officials, and certainly financial markets are pricing in a, a, a or at least a 25 basis point rate hike when it comes to the March FOMC meeting. You know, the biggest question right now, is it going to be 25 or is it going to be 50? We, we've seen some analysts and some estimates have shifted over to 50. While I still think that's on the table and certainly the odds are a little bit higher you know, today than maybe they were a week ago based upon the continued strong um, inflation readings that we got for January. I still think a 25 basis point is, is the baseline and it certainly sets the stage for potential further rate hikes. I, I think when I look at over the, the rest of the calendar year here, it's really not how much are they going to hike, but more when. Uh, I think it's likely that we will we'll see four rate hikes uh, around that range, maybe one up from that, maybe one down from that. So kind of a range around four uh, rate hikes to bring the, the federal funds rate up to 1% by the end of the year. Question is, are they more front-loaded or are they spread them out? Um, there is some talk that potentially trying to get ahead of the inflation conversation and certainly trying to cut back the demand a little bit to help ease those inflationary pressures that they would front load those. So maybe they would go in March, in in May, in June, instead of kind of the typical maybe quarterly cadence that we've gotten used to from the Fed over the past cycle or two, um, maybe they would front load those and, and, and put them in every meeting for a couple of meetings just to kind of get it up to the point where they thought they were making an impact. Either way, I, you know, it's hard for me to still see at this point them going more than four or five times at the most. Uh, so bringing that federal fund rate again up to 1% or 125 by the end of the year. But certainly there's a range around that and there's some uncertainty involved, particularly as we talked about those supply chains, the longer those impacts linger and the more higher inflation readings that we get, that's gonna put more pressure. Uh, and, and certainly some of those forecasts that expect even more of that might come true. I just see that more as a tail risk still at this point than really the base case of what we want to talk about. So, Brian, you know, thinking back on that, when you see the Fed and you see the impact of what this inflation readings would have, what else is the Fed looking at when they're kind of comparing what they want to do for policy besides disinflation? I think the Fed is looking very closely at the labor market, and I think the Fed would admit that there is not a whole lot it can do about a fair chunk of the inflation situation at the moment. If it's true, and I think there is reason to believe, big reason to believe that it is true, that much of this increase in the CPI over the last year or so 
has been driven by supply constraints, a major supply shock driven by the COVID pandemic, there's very little the Fed can do to stop that. The Fed, the Fed can't make semiconductors more available, for example. The Fed can't coax workers who are skittish about COVID to take jobs. What the Fed can do is to tank the economy by um, tightening aggressively um, and push the economy into a recession. That eventually would, would push inflation down as well. And so I think the Fed knows that there's relatively little it can do, at least in the near term, to forestall this pickup in consumer prices. But it is watching the labor market very closely. And it sees an unemployment rate that recently fell below 4%. It sees wage growth that has been accelerating. And it increasingly believes that we are at or close to full employment. Now, that isn't a a unanimous view at the Fed. The San Francisco Fed president, Mary Daly, recently said we're still some way away from maximum employment. But most Fed officials have at least hinted in recent weeks that they believe that the labor market is, is close to full employment. So we've satisfied that part of the Fed's mandate. And certainly in an environment of full employment, we don't need 0% short-term interest rates. We don't need aggressive quantitative easing. So I think the Fed will continue looking at those numbers very closely. If we continue to see strong job growth month after month, and we're coming off of a string of strong numbers here at the end of 2021 and early 2022, and very hot wage growth, the Fed will move more aggressively, even if we get the anticipated pullback in inflation. So the the inflation numbers are important. It could be that, that as 2022 develops, the labor market numbers will become more important in driving Fed policy. So Ben, given the likelihood, the very strong likelihood now that we are going to get tighter monetary policy, the near certainty that we're going to get tighter monetary policy very soon here, what should we expect in terms of the economic reaction? How much will tighter Fed policy slow the economy and how soon can we expect it to show up in the data? Thanks, Brian. Those are some great comments you have there. I would just piggyback on that and say wholeheartedly agree. Um, I, I think the Fed is looking very closely at the labor market and, and that does play back into the inflation discussion as well because as we've talked about that much of the rise in inflation has been driven by goods and not by services and as we continue to see a very tight labor market I think the inflation story is going to shift over the next year and we're going to be focusing a lot more on services inflation and what that what is being caused by a continued tight labor market on that side of things and that's going to be more of the drive from an inflationary standpoint and could potentially further impact the, the policy that the Fed puts out over the next two years. You know, to your question, you know, I, I think that again in the near term, um, there's not too much that these these potential rate hikes will do to the economy. Certainly it's going to pull back some investment by businesses as those rates go up. Um, You're already seeing a pretty big increase in mortgage rates, and that could help to cool the housing market a little bit. Um, You know, definitely most of those other consumer rates are going up, and that's going to pull back on investment by both consumers and businesses on the sidelines. But it's, it's very long dated, and typically what we would say is that you know, interest rate increases, there's not much that happens from one or maybe two or maybe three. It's more how much the Fed pushes up rates over a one or two year calendar basis. And there's always a lag there. So really not much of an impact expected on growth over 2022. I mean, maybe by the very end of the year, you're going to see things slowing back 
towards the 2%, 2.5% trend for real GDP growth, but it's really more of an end of the 22 question. But really, most of this focus on 22, 23 and 24. Uh, I think you could start to see some impact on growth, particularly as you turn the calendar over to 2023. And that's part of the reason why we do expect the economy to slow pretty much back to trend by the time we get to 2023. We do think that this year we'll continue to see growth about 4% to be an above trend pace. Um, but as we go ahead to 23 and especially in the 24, probably slowing back to that expected pace and really about where the economy can grow about that 2% pace for real GDP growth. Um, so one final question for you here, Brian, you know, when we look at when we look at the forecast here and certainly what we expect from the Fed, you know, what do you see from financial markets? Typically, there's more turmoil when you start to shift towards the tightening policy. We've seen some more volatility in equity markets so far this year. What are your thoughts on the forward path and what the potential growth could be for equity markets? Yeah, it's a great place to, uh, to wrap up. And uh, historically, financial markets have done okay when the Fed has tightened, but you're absolutely right that we should expect more volatility. Part of the reason we should expect more volatility, in addition to the fact that we're getting higher short-term interest rates, tighter monetary policy, is that we are overdue for more volatility. Typically, by this point in the cycle, we have already had at least one correction in the S&P 500. On average, the first correction in the S&P happens roughly one year after the onset of a bull market. Um, here we are almost two, two years into this bull market. We still haven't had a correction yet. So we're we are overdue for one. Uh, tighter Fed policy would be a great driver of a perfect narrative um, to, to spur one. So we can expect more volatility. But again, historically, equity prices have averaged mid to high single digit gains during Fed tightening cycles on an annualized basis. So trend like increases when the Fed is is raising rates. And part of that is because the Fed is not going to be raising rates for very long if the equity market falters much. Historically, once the market starts uh, starts uh, slipping or slipping more um, dramatically, the Fed stops tightening. And and so if um, if if we're going to be in a in, in an ongoing tightening cycle, that likely means that the economy is doing OK, that earnings are doing OK. And that at financial markets in general are holding up relatively well. So I think it'll be a choppier road. Um, I think it's easy to, to say that it'll be a choppier road. It's been a pretty straight line up for most risk assets over the last two years. And so it's an easy forecast to make that it will be a choppier road as the Fed tightens. But it shouldn't be a dramatically weaker road, you know, given what, uh, again, your, your very good points that the economy is likely to continue to grow and grow at a healthy clip in uh, over the next year or so. And earnings as a result are likely to be fairly healthy as well. So we're moving in a into a different paradigm. We're still not moving into a turn in the cycle. That takes not only tighter Fed policy, but outright tight, restrictive Fed policy. A, a yield curve that isn't just flattening, but a yield curve that's flat or inverted. And even with the Fed potentially moving more aggressive now, aggressively now in 2022, that's still some time in front of us. So we will leave it there. Thank you, Ben. And thank you all for joining us. This podcast is for financial professional use only. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition 
or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.